You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life into one filled with hope. We are here to remind you of God's faithfulness and how His love can lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we get raw and share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. This is Amaris, and today I'm with a wonderful guest, Lisa Jacobson from Club 31 Women. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Lisa, do you want to give some background on yourself for our listeners to know about you more? Sure. I've been married to my husband, Matt, for 27 years, and we met a little bit older in life. I was 26, and he was 31, and we both were just waiting and hoping and looking for each other, and and then uh, a mutual friend introduced us, and so we met on a Friday night, and by that next Thursday, we decided to get married. So it was, uh, some people might call that a little fast, but we actually told our our own children, we said, please don't follow our example. (laughs) We didn't actually get married on that Thursday, but we did decide that we would get married and we're married a few months later. So that was the beginning of our romance, the beginning of um, our marriage. And it's been a, it's been a beautiful story and without, not without challenges along the way, but it's um, something we're really excited about, just this, about having a beautiful, rich marriage relationship. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask, was that beginning of your marriage challenging simply because you guys didn't know each other very well yet? You know, I think, yes. I mean, that would add a challenge, um, but I also, we we did have the advantage, and I do tell this to people, is because we were older, we were hopefully more mature. I think that Mm, helped. We were both spiritually a little farther along. And we'd also seen so many of our own friends and family, people around us whose marriages had ended in divorce or, or just were unhappy, unhealthy marriages. And so we were both so determined by God's grace, you know, to, to have a different story. And, um, and I'm not saying you could always control that, but when you're both really committed to that, it, it helps a lot. And like that, there was a pastor at our, um, actually on our wedding day at our reception who shared with a bunch of people, uh, we overheard him saying that, well, those two will wake up hating each other. And we thought, oh, wow. Okay. So, so it's not like we were two easygoing people with just, um, you know, with just so much going for us. I think the fact that we loved Christ was Mm. a huge thing going for us, but it doesn't mean it, um, it wasn't just because we got lucky, you know what I'm saying? Well, after we got married, we uh, started having children. And for me personally, I had, um, previous to meeting and marrying Matt, I was more on a kind of more of a career path. I was, had uh, traveled quite a bit. I had studied overseas. I was definitely in a different world until God just one day changed my heart and just said, you know, is this really what you want? Is this the, the dream or is this just a dream that's been that that's been delivered to you. And when I really thought about it, I thought, you know what? I actually really long to be a wife and a mother and to have meaningful ministry, not just have it be all about me and my goals and my, you know, what I'm after. So when I started having children, it was 
the hardest thing I'd ever done. So I actually found marriage easier for me than being a mother Um, because that was a a big challenge. I I don't think I realized, and I know I'm kind of diving in the deep end of the pool here, but (laughs) I just don't think I realized how selfish I was until I had children. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, none of my time was my own and none of my thoughts even were my own for what seemed like a really long time. So I found being a mom really, um, really difficult in the beginning. Yeah. And how quickly did you guys start having children after getting married? We had um, probably less than two years. And again, we were older when we got married. So I, that was another part of just like, hey, wait a minute, we better get going if we're going to do this. And, um, and people ask, we do have eight children. Um, and I know a lot of times people ask, well, did you always plan on having a large family? And we actually didn't. That wasn't um, we didn't start off with that perspective as kind of more of, okay, let's see how this goes. And, um, and then just kept having them. So I we have, that. uh, oldest son is 25 and then we have four girls and then three boys. Our youngest is uh, 13. So four of our children are out of the home and often doing their own, uh, careers and doing their thing. And then we still have four at home. And our fifth child, our Avonlea is, uh, she was, she was born uh, with a, she had a massive stroke right before birth. And so she's extremely special needs. She's wheelchair bound and has just a lot of delays, but she's also a huge joy to our family. And in some ways kind of changed everything forever um, as far as her impact on our family. And, and even, I say, even in our marriage, I think it was also impactful in it it ended up being in a good way because at the hospital, when the, all the specialists were kind of surrounding us and telling us, this is what you're going to be looking at for the rest of however long, you know, of life she has. And just so you know that most marriages that have this kind of child end up in divorce because the strain is so severe. And I think once again, it gave us an opportunity to, just decide, okay, let's not let this rip us apart. Let's, in our grief, in our challenges, cling to each other instead. Mm-hmm. And it was, an, it was a decision that day, and it was also a decision that we had to, re- to renew over time because sometimes you were so tired or so sad or just uh, – we also – I had spent a lot of time up in hospitals, so we were separated for long periods of time because, we, mm-hmm. you know, one had to be at home with their other children while – I would be at the hospital with the baby, and and again we were reminding each other. You know what? Let's let's remember that we are together in this, even if you know, even if it's something that we have to kind of divide and and each do the part that we need to do. Yeah. Wow. And so God has used so much of the experiences that you guys have gone through to shape your ministry, right? I can imagine how like how much wisdom the Lord has provided you guys with. And that's how you guys do so much of the ministry that you do now. Cause you guys do a lot of marriage coaching and mentoring, right? Yes, we do. Uh, Matt is a marriage coach and that's pretty much more his thing. That's his gifting. He's just mm-hmm. very discerning and able to, to kind of, to see what needs to be done and what's not, what maybe people are missing. Cause you know how it is. We're all can be, can be blind to even our part of what we're contributing. Like you'll look at it and you'll go, well, it's his problem and he's not doing this. And then when you have someone who is 
um, experienced, wise, and insightful, they can look at that situation and go, did you realize you're actually, you're the one that's contributing to this? Like, no way. <laughs> and um, that's happened so many times. So it's, it's very helpful to have, a, to have an outside uh, person to help, see the, help yeah. you see those things. Yeah, yeah. My husband and I actually, since dating, we have had people that we saw as mentors and coaches for our relationship and that carried on into engagement and then it carried on into our marriage. And I honestly believe that that is one of the most influential reasons why our marriage is so stable and like like we just have a wonderful, wonderful marriage. And I think it's just that we have people that are speaking into our lives consistently and that can redirect us and guide us when we're disagreeing or when there's conflict in our marriage. So we have, we really advocate for other couples when we counsel people and when we mentor people as they're engaged or even when they're dating, that they find a couple that can coach them and mentor them, that knows them well and can help them learn how to communicate and grow through each each season and ultimately have a God-glorifying marriage. So I absolutely love that you guys endorse that and encourage people to have a marriage coach or marriage mentor. Um, can you describe the difference between marriage counseling and marriage coaching slash mentorship and why like every couple you believe should have one? Well, I'll just speak generally because obviously there's every situation is slightly different, but, but our perspective is that marriage counseling tends to be someone who's there for you along the journey. So they're listening to you. They're caring about you, maybe carefully guiding you along the way. Whereas a coach is not someone that's necessarily there for you to walk along the journey, but they're there to literally identify what it is you need to be working on. And to back it up, I would say, like, if you think about your, like, say your son's uh, soccer coach, right? He's, it's not that he's not cheering for you, because of course he's rooting there for you, but he's not on the field with you. He's not running beside you. He tends to be the one that's a little bit, just a little removed. And he's saying, okay, you can totally do this. I can see things that you can do that you can't even see. Here's some skills you need to be developing. And, um, and even correction, like, okay, you know, in that last game on Saturday, you missed that play that you could have made if you had been in, the, in a different position. So it's kind of an analogy for marriage coaching that there's a, there's a lot more of that. It's more directive and more sometimes more corrective but it's also someone who has a vision who can see what you can be in your marriage. Mm. I love that. I love that. So what's one thing that you guys really try to teach the majority or every couple that you mentor? So I would, one thing that comes to mind that's a, a real basic and, and yet so easy to miss, and that is just to be mindful that you don't read each other's mail and what we mean by that is it's so um, natural <laughs> to want to focus on the other person and say, oh, so we're, you know, we're biblical coaching, right? So that's that we're always going to go back to the Bible. Right. And it's easy to go and right. say, hey, you're supposed, I'm going to speak for myself, you are supposed to love, be loving me like Christ loved the church. And this doesn't feel very churchy, you know, honey. <laughs> and <laughs> instead of focusing on, okay, what does God say to me? How am I supposed to be interacting with him? What does the Bible say to me on um, 
my relationship with him, on just my character, those kinds of things. And so we, we really do start out with, don't worry about the other person. Don't read their mail. You know, don't go to, you know, you would never go to your neighbor's house and open up their mailbox and open up the IRS check and, you know, or notice and just say, hey, did you realize you've got an IRS notice here? Have you paid your taxes? You know, that would be so inappropriate, right? <laughs> And not helpful. Right. So, but we tend to do that in marriage. We'll do that same kind of thing where we read their mail and, you know, want to know why they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. When I was newly married and it really just kept this pattern in me, kept going. But I came from divorce. My parents were divorced at a young age. And so when I got married to my husband, I really struggled with the fear of divorce. And so whenever he would show or exhibit behavior that seemed to me like he wasn't putting me first above everything, Mm -hmm. I would automatically feel fearful. I would get triggered that, well, this is going to be the thoughts in my mind were going to be that this is the thing that's going to lead to divorce. This is going to be the thing that makes him leave me. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to realize that that's an issue that God had to heal and work out in me and not necessarily me like constantly having to correct him and point out how he is not being a good enough husband. But it took a while for the Lord to heal that thing in me because of the trauma that I had experienced as a child. It's so powerful how those voices are and how much of how big of a part they can play. But I love you also talk about how but God can heal that and that can change. Like I I actually remember our first fight that we'd ever had. I don't even think we were quite married yet. I think we were or maybe we were newlyweds. And I came home to the apartment and I saw that there were, the yellow pages were open, which in the old days was like, you know, how you made phone calls, right? <laughs> and it was open. <laughs> I always feel like I have to explain that, not anybody under 30. But yeah, um, our listeners might not know what so the yellow awkward. pages are. Okay. <laughs> I love it so much though. It's so funny. You know, back when they had dinosaurs, well, they also had the yellow pages. <laughs> Okay. Um, But anyway, so it was open to airlines. And so I knew he was booking a flight. And immediately in my mind, I thought, oh, he's booking a flight because he's leaving me. And, um, Mm. and I knew this was too good to be true. I knew that I would never find love. I knew that nobody would ever stay with me. Like I I went from zero to 60 in three seconds. Yeah. So he comes out of the, you know, the back bedroom and he's looking at me and I'm already furious with him and upset. And of course he has no idea, right? I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you booking a phone? Yeah. You know, booking an airplane. He's like, well, I'm going down to California because my friend is graduating and I really feel like I should be there. Well, you're not going and that's not what's happening and we can't afford this. And like just went off the rails basically. And uh, my husband doesn't appreciate that sort of response. <laughs> so immediately <laughs> just like, yeah, I am doing it. And, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. And just, just, you know, back up now, if I think of that kind of situation happened, hopefully I wouldn't do what I did either. But he actually knows me so well that he would know that me getting flipped out like that means I'm upset about something else. So I think now he would like, <laughs> Um, I feel like it's not about this. I feel like maybe there's something else. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Which really helps a lot. But anyway, back to our fight. So, you know, here I am just going crazy. And, and you know, so we had our first, like, arguing, like, um, downright. I think we probably even yelled at each other. I don't think we threw things. But it was, you know, it was our first real fight. So after this, you could see that there was no 
uh, nobody was yielding. It was just a, you know, winner take all situation. (laughs) So he went back to our bedroom and he closed the door and he was in there and I'm waiting for him to come out, waiting and waiting and he didn't come out. And then it was taking so long. I thought, oh, he's packing his suitcase. Of course, that's what someone does when they're leaving you. They pack, I've seen the movies, they pack their suitcase and that's what he's doing. And well, fine, I don't really care. And but finally, I couldn't take it any longer. So I, I opened up the bedroom door and I peeked in, expecting to see that suitcase open on the bed and him piling his clothes in there. And instead, he was kneeling beside his, the bed and just lifting up our fight, our marriage, his mm-hmm. part to the Lord. And I was so floored. I had never seen such a thing in my mm-hmm. entire life. Like, I knew that you were supposed to put your marriage before the Lord, but I'd actually never seen anybody kind of in real life, in real time, do that. And it was, talk about mm-hmm. marriage changing, impacting. Like, I, I just thought, no, he's, this is the opposite of packing your suitcase. This is someone who says, I don't know what to do, but I know that you do, and I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. And I just went and I just kneeled beside him and just cried, <laughs> you know, bald. <laughs> Because it was so such a different experience than what I'd ever anticipated. Yeah, that's good. That's one of those healing moments where the Lord is healing the things in you that are the preconceived notions that you had about marriage and just humbling you and healing you right in there in that moment. It's beautiful. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and just to check on that, those voices that you hear. Like, I don't know where I got that from, that he would leave me. And, you know, he mm-hmm. just said, that's so not, I'm never leaving you. Why would you think that? And and you see how it actually is destructive in our marriage because of your listening to those voices. And let's be sure that we're yes. listening to voices that are true and that are right and that are lovely, not the ones yes. that are ugly from our past. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. So you guys have a couple books coming out this fall, right? Yes, we do. We have actually we have four books coming out, which is four but they're also (laughs) I know I thought okay what why are we doing this but until you still have you still have four children at home but yet you find the time (laughs) so that is wild so they're actually two bundles so even though they're four books they're two bundles and what Matt and I did we started five years ago we well actually we were at a cafe and we were talking about our marriage and just talking about how thankful we were for the kind of friendship and relationship that we enjoy and that how much of it is made up just little things, little daily choices that we make or don't make. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we said this, I know, how about if you sit down and write out a hundred things that you feel like I do or that you do that make our marriage better, loving, richer. And I'm going to do the same thing. And we're not going to read each other's things. We're just going to like do it independently. And so it started off almost like a challenge. And we, we sat in the cafe all day long and he just provided me with lavender lattes, which, I mean, how can you not be inspired with a lavender latte? <laughs> so <laughs> they're so delicious. <laughs> and we wrote all these down. And, um, at the end of the day, we looked at them and realized, you know what? These are just little simple things that anybody could do, no matter where they were at, whether they're newlywed, been married a long time, um, whatever their situation. And so we put them together. We put them, he wrote his book, I wrote mine, and then we published them. We both published, we self-published them. And 
little did we know that they were become they would become this widespread thing and we never saw that coming uh we really underestimated what what God would do with those books and um mm. i think the reason for many things is i think there are a lot of really good marriage books out there that are that are truthful and powerful um but i also think it's easy to not easy but um, I use that term loosely, but to pick up a book like that and go, okay, I am supposed to love my wife or I am supposed to respect my husband. I totally get that. I embrace that. I just don't know what that looks like today on Tuesday. That's good. And so yeah. I think that was one of the reasons that these books just give a little bit of, okay, today, this is one little thing that I can do to make my marriage better, to turn my marriage mm. around. Um a lot of times when there's bad uh, kind of a spiraling, it, we've seen this testimony over and over again of how it changed that spiral to an upward spiral rather than the downward spiral. The other thing I think that's uh, powerful about these books is that they're highly readable because they're short, easy, one thing a day. And oh, so many women have said, my husband will actually read this book. And he's not inclined <laughs> to pick up a big, heavy chapter book, but this is something he goes, okay, I do love my wife. I just don't know. Um, like, I just don't know how to show that to her. And so those simple steps yeah. of, of just showing, demonstrating love in a practical way has been really powerful. So that's the story between the 100 Ways to Love Your Husband and 100 Ways to Love Your Wife. And those are being republished. Ravel publishers pick them up and have asked to just to, you know, repackage them and, and put them out. So that's one bundle. <laughs> the other, the new books that we've written are 100 Words of Affirmation Every Husband Needs to Hear. And 100 words of affirmation every wife needs to hear. We took the same approach mm. in terms of he went to his room, I went to mine, and we wrote them. So it'd be authentic in terms of what we really believe as a husband, as a wife, that has been effective. And yeah. um, the inspiration for these books has just been the power of the spoken word in your life. And mm. it is so amazing how speaking a right word an encouraging word at the right time is literally life-changing and marriage-changing. Yeah. Yes. And for many people, this would be myself. I'll just talk about myself. I was never comfortable saying these kinds of things. Like, it was just awkward to me. And I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's my personality. I don't know if it's my upbringing, maybe all of the above. But I would feel things, but I was terrible at communicating to them. So I would be mm. like, say you and I are talking, and I would just like, oh, Matt is so sensitive. I just love how, how careful he is with my heart. And I would just go on and on and on to you. But for some reason, looking mm -hmm. at him in the living room, looking, just looking straight in his eyes, I would just go, hey, honey, <laughs> instead of just <laughs> saying those words. Like, I appreciate yeah. the way you care for my heart. It means a lot to me. And then watching him yeah. go, really? You notice that matters. I am. And um, when we started seeing the power of that in our own marriage and in others and their relationships, we realized, you know, a lot of times we want to say these things or, but we just don't know what to say, or we just don't realize the power of, power of those words. Yeah. My pastor says that the language of Christians should be encouragement. Mm -hmm. 
my husband and I do a lot of um, mentoring and coaching. I've already alluded to that. Um, But one of the main things that we work with a lot of people about is overcoming struggles with pornography, that pornography came into the marriage, um, whether through the husband or through the wife, and then that really brought distrust, you know, addictions, lots of different things. And so one of the things that we work with couples on is how, well, one, how to overcome pornography, how to help your spouse overcome pornography. Um, and then additionally, how to establish trust. And this is the, one of the main ways that I, that we communicate to our, you know, the couples that we mentor and whatnot, how to continue to build trust. It's this, the small things, it's the daily intentional moments of you can trust me because I'm preferring you here. You can trust me because I'm encouraging you and I'm acknowledging that I love you. You know what I mean? Like different small little moments. It's those small little things that build and establish deep trust within a marriage, even when there has been brokenness or distrust that has come in. Yeah, absolutely. Those just a lifetime built on those little choices. And the the neat thing about that is, is it can be just one small step at a time towards healing, towards rebuilding trust, towards saying, yeah. maybe I haven't been great in the past, but I want to start loving you right now, today. And that's a little thing. And it's a, one more closer step to, to what we're what we're hoping for, what we're building towards. Yeah, I love that. So you and Matt have been married for 27 years? Yes, we just celebrated our 27th anniversary. Wow, that's incredible. That's like something, that's marriage goals. <laughs> that's something that all of us married couples are like, we want to get over our 20s. You know, we want to have a lifelong marriage. And it's incredible that you guys have been married for that long and that God is still going to give you more years in Jesus' name. Um, but we also know, you know, on the other end, we also know that, that it's going to take work. It's going to take work to establish a healthy marriage, to establish a thriving marriage, to be married that long. So can you share some of your personal struggles that you guys have had to work through? And what are some practical things that couples that are listening could possibly implement um, to establish a wonderful friendship and marriage? that could last as long as y'all's marriage has lasted and will continue to last? Well, I think um, those are such good questions. And as we were talking about, we were celebrating our anniversary just a couple weeks ago, and we were just saying, who would have imagined that 27 years would be even more beautiful, more passionate, more Mm. um, just more loving than even that first year of marriage where you think, oh, surely, you know, how how can it... How can it be more? But it is, it is so much more. And, and I, I just think the fact that you know each other better, that you've been walked through so many things and that bond is, is incredible. But the neat thing also is that you still are learning stuff about each other. Like you never would think, surely after 27 years, you know everything there is to know. But we still surprise each other. Like, I didn't know that about you. Or, you know, <laughs> help me understand how you, why you're reacting in this situation that way. Because I, I want to... I want to understand why that's emotional for you or why that's a struggle for you or why that's exciting to you. And so I love that constant growing and deepening. And um, I think 
there's so many different things that go through, but I think that um, going back to that first story of going to Christ on your knees and, and really saying, this is not about me. This is not about my marriage. This is about what you're doing and reminding each other of that every, you know, every year throughout the, the process together that, that this is what it's about. And it's very sobering. It's also humbling. So when I'm really upset with Matt and then I remember, Lisa, this is not about you so much. I mean, not that I don't matter because I do, but remember there's a bigger picture here. There's something else going on and that helps, helps my perspective to go, okay, so now what I need to do is come to him and say, that really hurt my feelings or I'm really struggling with this. And that opens up a conversation as opposed to, I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like how you make me feel. <laughs> and it's a game changer. It really is. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, Lisa, it was such a pleasure to have you on today. And I know that all our listeners are really going to benefit from this conversation. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful that you did this and that everyone can listen to your wise counsel and the 27 years of wisdom that you can give. And, and I'm sure that your books are going to do awesome this coming fall. I'm excited. I'll probably be purchasing them myself. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. It's been, it's been really, a, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Yes. Well, bye guys. Goodbye. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to visit our page on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It would mean so much to us. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you. And it also helps us to continuously grow and become better as a podcast. For a daily pick-me-up, follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more laughter, fun, hope, and encouragement. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.